The lion roars. It was good to hear Trump speak at CPAC on Sunday just two days ago. Um, I loved it when he opened by saying, y'all miss me yet? <laughs> and, of course, the answer from the crowd was a resounding yes, uh, echoed with cheers and shouts. Uh, if you don't know by now, I'm just going to say it. Trump is not the type of person to walk away as a loser when he knows he's the winner. He is not going to walk away completely when he knows he won. Um, I firmly believe that Trump won re-election based on the evidence of statistical anomalies uh, and the number of votes counted exceeding the number of, of voters in a county. Um, of course, alluding to voter fraud. Um, if you have any doubt about um, whether or not voter fraud happened, whether you think it's a lie or a hoax or real or not real, or if you just want clarification on what happened on November 3rd and beyond, I urge you to go to Rumble and look up the title of the video is Unmasked. 100% absolute proof of election fraud and how they stole votes from Trump. That's the title of the video. The video is on Rumble. Please go and watch it with an open mind and take the time to absorb the information that is presented in the video. It's a 16-minute video. Um, if you need me to send you the video or if you have trouble finding it, please email me at outspokenpodcast at yahoo.com. And I will send you the link. But please watch it before it gets taken down. Whether whether or not you believe that Trump won, if you have, whether or not you have doubts about that, everyone should watch it. Everyone should go and see it. So um, please check out uh, Unmasked, 100% absolute proof of election fraud, how they stole votes from Trump on Rumble. So, um, I would just like to outline some of the highlights of Trump's uh, CPAC speech that he gave and sort of share my, um, my thoughts on some of it. I can't, um, I did watch the whole thing, but I can't, um, it would take a long time. It was an hour and a half speech, so it would take a long time for me to outline every little thing. But I'm just going to kind of go through and do some of the basic um, bullet points for you. So many people, myself included, have wondered if maybe Trump was going to start a new political party or not. Some people were all for um, leaving the Republican Party and starting the new uh, Patriot Party. Uh, lots of speculation about that recently. Some people said it was going to happen. Some people said it wasn't going to happen. Um, but Trump came out on Sunday and... Um, as part of his speech, he kind of put that notion to rest, and he announced that, um, quote, the Republican Party will unite and be stronger than ever before. I am not starting a new party. I am not starting a new party. And that's a, a quote from Trump. So he verbally confirmed that there will be no, no new party, but there will be a pulling together, a uniting, an activation of the Republican Party. Um, there's, quite frankly, 
Um, in the in the beginning, shortly after November third, I I was all for um, something like the Patriot Party led by Trump. You know, I was all for that. Um, but then as I kind of got to thinking and it kind of so sunk in, I kind of thought, you know, there's really no need for a new party if you can get the 70 plus million individuals in the Republican Party to stand up, to speak out, to a- activate, like I said earlier. Um, there's no need for a Republican Party, or, a, or a, excuse me, there is a need for a Republican Party. There is no need for a new party besides the Republican Party if you can um, give a shot of adrenaline to the 70 plus million who are already in the Republican Party. So, if he leads the Republican Party, if he leads those he already has on his side, which I believe he's planning to do, and I believe he has done, there will be no need for a new party. So it was nice to have that put to rest. Um, that being said, if you are a rhino, a Republican in name only, if you're a registered Republican voter, but you find that you are agreeing more with the policies and actions and ideals of the Democrat Party, do yourself a favor and join the Democrat Party. By the same token, if you are a dino, what I call a dino, a Democrat in name only, and you are a registered Democrat voter who finds yourself being um, more in agreement with the policies and actions and ideals of the Republican Party, then do yourself a favor and join the Republican Party party. Do not be neutral and don't be trying to be um, contrary. Don't be in a party and be trying to confuse and, well, I sort of agree with this, but sort of not. Uh, Don't be like that. Now is not the time to be sitting constantly in a gray area. They say to support the uh, Uh, When it comes to things like, um, you know, immigration, they say support the country you live in or live in the country you support. Allow me to put my own spin on that and say support the political party you belong to or transfer to the political party that you support. Simple as that. There, There is no room for fence sitters in either one of the political parties. Now, Does this mean that you have to 100% agree with absolutely everything your party does? Absolutely not. You are allowed to disagree. You are allowed to have your own opinion. But if you find yourself um, disagreeing more than you agree, then it might be time to kind of step back and take a look and see, well, do I really agree with this? And who else would agree with me and join who you agree with and join who is going to agree with you. So, um, that's, you know, kind of his, uh, my take on what he said about, um, the retention, if you will, the retention of the, uh, Republican party, which is good. 
I think is is a good thing. I I wish that some of our representatives and some of our um you know senators and those in Congress, you know, Congress people would get off their butts and and stand up for us. But I think it's good that we are retaining the Republican Party. Another point that he made um is that catch and release uh, has been restored. This um, pertains to illegal immigrants who are run through the system and released into our country. And uh, s- instead of being sent back to their country, when they are immigrants who are criminals in their country, I am not saying that every immigrant should be sent back to their country absolutely not what i what he was saying is uh we we get sometimes we get people who come up from the border and you know they they may he said they may be uh you know rapists they may be on the wrong side of the law and and this that and the other and instead of us saying you know we we can't take you here um, we don't want to take people who are running from the law. Instead of doing that, we are simply running them through our system, taking their name down, and releasing them into the United States a majority of the time. And that is something that has happened under Biden's administration. Catch and release has been restored under Biden's administration. Illegal immigrants are put into the system and allowed to roam free in our country. Trump's administration had those individuals who were criminals sent back to their country. And I realize there are people who don't agree with Trump's policies on immigration, and that's okay. But I have to say, I don't want dangerous people turned loose in my country any more than he does. I don't want to, you know, it won't be good in the long run. We cannot become a sanctuary country for those people who may not be on a good side of the law and who may not have good intentions once they reach our country. Um, we, we can be um, a sanctuary to those who are truly uh, in need of help and those who are truly wanting to better themselves. Now, I'm not against immigration at all. I fully support those who want a better life for themselves and their children coming to America, you know, to to drink the milk and honey. But you have to work for it like the rest of us. And if you want to drink the milk and honey, you got to milk the cow and you got to be willing to risk getting stung by the bee. Meaning it's going to be a chore and sometimes it might be downright uncomfortable, but it's something we all have to go through. Okay, so I don't want criminals in my country i do want uh immigrants in my country i do um but you know there has to be some filter that we run them through so uh, again i'm a full supporter of, of immigration but it has to be legal and there has to be some guidelines that are 
strictly adhered to. I don't want members of the cartel or people looking to freeload off of our system into coming into this country. Um, but for those of you who are on the level uh, and are truly coming here for a fresh start, we have to improve the system. Those of, you know, there are uh, those individuals out there who are legit and who really do have a tough time um, making a living and a life for themselves and their families in the country they're in, and they truly would be um, better off in America. And I 100% want those people here. I really, truly do. Um, but if if it's hard for them to get here, well, that's not right either. So um, we should improve the system that we have for taking in those kinds of people. It shouldn't take 10 years to get a green card. Um, a good friend of mine uh, immigrated from Mexico when she was young, and it took almost 10 years to complete the process. I'm no expert on the system, but that's way too long. Um, that's way too long. But she, she made it here, and she has a family, and she loves this country, and she is a contributing member of society. She's never been on the wrong side of the law. She simply wanted to come here for more opportunities, for better opportunities, and to work for those opportunities like the rest of us have to. Um, my boyfriend, as a matter of fact, is Mexican. His mom and dad, you know, immigrated the correct way. It, you know, took a while to get through the system, but they made it. They got here and they started working and paying their way instead of expecting things to be handed from to, down to them. They, this whole family is um, hardworking. You know, his whole family is hardworking. They have good work ethics. Um, and as a result, their family has a true appreciation for this country. And they, they are an example of um, those immigrants who are willing to work for the milk and honey. So um, if you're someone who thinks that we should have open borders and just let everybody in uh, who comes to us, I encourage you to look up, and this is another video, and I encourage you to look up, the title of the video is Immigration Explained with Gumballs. <laughs> it's, it's on YouTube and probably on Facebook, but please watch it with an open mind and try to make sense of the information that um, the speaker brings to you and try to um, absorb what how he explains the pros and cons of having completely open borders. It's a fascinating video, and he kind of explains that it's good to have cultural diversity. It's very good to, to get a, a little taste of everything. That's great. And I myself, I love it. But um, the premise of the video is if you just take absolutely everyone, you, you won't have enough, um, you won't have the ability to provide for those you already have and to provide for those who are born here. And um, so I, do, I please do watch that video. It's it's really, really good. Um, Trump said he wanted, uh, in his speech, he said he wants America's children back to school right now. Right now. And I loved that because it's been long enough. Um, it, it's, it's beginning 
to be bordering lunacy at this point that we are still acting like if we even think about going back to school, everyone will die. It's not a scary thought. It, it's it's something that we are going to just have to do. We're going to have to just tighten our belts and go back to school for the good of the children, for the education of the children. I was homeschooled, but I also spent a lot of time in a uh, in a Christian school from the time I was in preschool or kindergarten all the way up until I was in middle school. I spent in a Christian school and then from middle school through high school. And actually, I did college um, at home as well. But I had the ability to be in school and I also had the, the ability to be homeschooled. And while I was homeschooled, I had parents that deeply cared about my education and that said, um, you have got to do this. You have got to be disciplined and, you know, and do your lessons and study your school. And unfortunately, I, I know that there are parents, lots of good parents out there today that are, um, you know, saying the same thing to their kids and who also truly care about their children's education. But there are also parents out there um, who, and I know this from my mom being a teacher at our elementary school, there are also a few parents out there who have a hard time um, finding the discipline within themselves to encourage their their children to, um, you know, get their lessons done and, and get to their class, their online classes on time, let alone expecting their children to do it. Their, the parents have trouble getting themselves to remind their children to do it. So we have got to get back to school for the good of the children. And the education aspect of it aside, domestic violence, child abuse has gone up as a result of kids being cooped up at home and getting on their parents' nerves and getting themselves into trouble. So that's another reason why the break is is a good thing as well. It allows the parents to possibly go back to work because I know of parents who could barely work because they had to be home schooling their children. So it's it's important now, and I 100% agree that Trump wants kids back to school. And I know that it's not just Trump. I know that there are other people out there who would like the same thing. But um, I did really like that. Uh, Trump outlined the left's plan to introduce policies that would damage women's sports by allowing biological men to compete with biological women and against biological women. Women um, are sometimes referred to as the weaker sex. If you believe that as a whole... Uh, women are physically weaker than men, or if you believe that as a whole, men are physically stronger than women, well, you know, that's your, um, that's okay for you to have that opinion. 
But I know women who are stronger than some men I know. I know a woman. This is really cool. And this was actually the first thing I thought of when he mentioned that. I know a woman who is a competitive weightlifter. This is no joke. She's a competitive weightlifter. She has been inducted into the Weightlifting Hall of Fame for breaking her own records. That's plural. Records. Multiple times. This woman is... She's awesome. But... So... She competes, I believe, she competes against women, but then she'll also compete against, you know, like, overall things, and there's brackets that they have, you know, uh, uh, weight brackets, and, uh, you know, the weight of the competitor, and then, of course, the weight that's being lifted, they have certain brackets that they divide things into, but, um, women are capable of doing amazing things, and men are capable of doing amazing things when it comes to athletics and sports and physical competition. But I do not believe that just because a man decides he is transgender and just because a man decides that he feels like a woman, he should be allowed to compete against women. I do not believe that. Believing he is a man or believing he is a woman does not make him so. So, and, and when I was in uh, middle school, I competed in track and field. And uh, we were divided uh, with, you know, boys against the girls, men against the women. And, you know, so I did uh, running events and I did um, uh, a couple of field events, but we were divided into men and women's categories because that levels the playing field. That's what's right. We didn't have any teenage boys coming up and saying, yo, you know, I just, I'm, I'm transgender or I'm, I'm gay or, and I, I feel like I, I identify as a woman. So I'd like to run the 800 meters against, um, you know, with, with the girls. I'd like to do that. We didn't have anybody doing that. And by the same token, we didn't have any any girls that I competed against going, oh, yeah, you know, I, I really, I identify as a man. I identify as, as a boy. So I'd really like to compete against the boys today. Um, I'd like to run the 100-meter dash with the boys today. We had none of that. And so I appreciate that Trump came out and said it. I appreciate that he said, look, it doesn't. It's not right. It's not fair. We have, he said, we have worked really hard to, to, um, build up women's sports to where it is today and we must protect the integrity of women's sports. I agreed that he said that and I appreciated that he said that. So, um, and this is coming, you know, someone who is standing up for women. <laughs> coming from a supposed misogynist and woman hater, and I've heard people call him all sorts of things, but to me, he just stood up for women pretty good. So, <clears throat> um, he came out in reference to uh, the left. He came out and said, their party is based upon unvarnished disdain for America, its past, and its people. And our party, in reference to 
um, the right wing and, you know, Republicans, our party is based on love for America and the belief that this is an exceptional nation blessed by God. Um, so I want to go back to the part about unvarnished disdain for America and its past and its people. I do want to go on the record as having said, I firmly believe that not every Democrat hates America. I am not saying that every Democrat hates America. Just like not all Germans were Nazis. Not all Germans agreed with what happened during the Holocaust. So not every Democrat or right-wing um, believer hates America because that's not true. There are some that I truly believe love America. I do, however, believe that those, um, there are certain Democrats, um, in power today who do, uh, have a certain dislike for America and somehow have arrived at the conclusion that America, the country that they live in, should be put on the back burner, should be apologizing for who it is and what we are, um, which is not right. And so not every Democrat hates America. And as, as a matter of fact, I'm actually going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, I believe that there are more Democrats who love America than people think. So, um, but what, what he's saying is, um, the, the Democrat leaders that we have in America today, those in power, are not acting like they love America. They, they can say it all they want. Nancy Pelosi and her pious, uh, we need to do what's best for the American people, which appears in almost everything she says. That, that programmed fa phrase, appears in almost everything she says and she's you don't act like it so if you truly do love america like you say you need to act like it um and i do agree that we are a nation an exceptional nation blessed by god you can believe that or not um but for my part i do believe that we are blessed by god we are not acting like it always but i believe we are we have come through lots of things, past and present, and we will go through lots of things in the future that um, will be orchestrated by God and that have been orchestrated by God um, for our good. And... Sometimes to turn us back to him. I believe that sometimes it's not a punishment. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that just because bad things happen mean that God is punishing us. I don't think he is a, um, malicious God. In fact, I know he's not a malicious God, but, um, God and belief in him and trust in him is a big part of who we are as a country. It, it had, it played a big role. God played a big role in the beginning of this country as well. So, 
Um, good of him to say that as well. <clears throat> he went on to say we order, or not order, he went on to say we honor George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, and all national heroes. And of course, we, res- we respect our great American flag. Um, there are people today who believe that the founding fathers were terrible, horrible people. Um, you know, they owned slaves. They were white supremacists. Um, and to that, I say they were products of their time. Um, yes, slavery is wrong at any point in time. It is never, ever okay for one human to own another human being, ever. But what they did, what they gave us, um, is, is incredible. They, they gave us the Constitution, um, in it, the Bill of Rights, and they gave us the Declaration of Independence, and they had the wherewithal to walk away from the King of Britain and start this country and give us the groundwork for this country, and they had the the foresight to write those documents, the um, Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, in such a way that it is still true and valid to this day, still affects us to this day, and still can answer questions that we have about current events going on today. They had incredible foresight, and they were good they were good people. Um, whether or not you think they are, you know, is is up to you. Again, they 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 owned slaves. You know, they they probably did, but they were products of their time. It was not right back then any more than it is today. But we we mustn't um, skip over the good that they did for this country and what they gave this country simply to superimpose offense on them way back when for simply um simply living in the standards that they had for the day um so that's all i'm gonna say about that um so i i was i was raised um pertaining to the the american flag Last year, during the riots and things, there were lots of um, stepping on the flag, burning burning the flag, throwing the flag in the garbage. Um, I was raised in a small town in Washington. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone knows everything about everyone, just about, you know, it seems. We have a flag on top of our grain elevator. We have a flag at our courthouse um, and in lots of other places in our town at the, the post office, the DSHS, you know. Um, people have flags in their front yards, they'll have flags on their houses, um, all over the place. And just, just like other towns and cities and places all, all across America, we have them everywhere in our town. Um, but my town is home to a lot of war veterans, cowboys, patriots, people who love this country, who will give you a knuckle sandwich that is deep fried in whoop ass. If you even think about burning the flag or walking on it, they will be down your throat faster than you could swallow your spit. Like for real. And 
at our yearly rodeo, we have a presentation of the flag at the very first thing, before the rodeo itself even starts. Um, and those of you who have been to a rodeo know how that goes. Um, you know, rodeo queen comes out with a flag and runs around the, takes slaps around the arena as well, uh, as, uh, somebody sings the national anthem. People stand, you know, men take off their hats. We put our hands over our heart and we get into it. We sing the national anthem along with it. Um, so we have a, and I personally have a deep respect for the flag. Um, and we have to teach the future generations to do the same thing. If you believe the American flag is oppressive or symbolizes death, um, in any other crazy notion that you have about what the flag means, then you don't have to fly it in your front yard, but you better not burn it. You better not walk on it. You better not be telling other people that they can't fly it in their yards because chances are if you're speaking out against it chances are there's somebody within arm's reach of you who's not going to let that happen who's not going to let you deface that precious symbol of america the american flag is to our enemies Perhaps not a good thing, not a good sight, just like the flag of our enemies would not be a good thing to us. But if you are an American, I don't understand Americans who were born and bred and raised here. I don't understand destroying the flag. So, um, it was, uh, he had a, he had a valid point in saying that, um, and we have to remember what the flag stands for, for Americans. Um, many good soldiers and many good young men and women have given their lives under the stars and stripes. So we must, we must always remember that. The crowd chanted, we love you, we love you. <laughs> and, um, you know, which of course they're going to do that. This is CPAC. Those are his people. Of course they're going to do that. Um, and it was, it was, I loved it. You know, it was, it was good. Uh, Trump said, we embrace free thought. We stand up to political correctness and we reject left-wing lunacy and we reject cancel culture. So what does free thought really mean? Well, to me, it means being free to think what you want and allowing others to be free to think what they want as well. I don't hate you because I disagree with you. I, I don't have to hate what I disagree with. Um, I don't dislike you for not sharing my opinion. I don't dislike you for not agreeing with my opinion. So it's okay to to bring a lot of different views and a lot of different points to the table. Um, we have to get back to a place where we allow others to have their own thoughts and ideas, and contributions to conversations, to society, things like that. Um, standing up to political correctness is, a sim is as simple as holding to the truth, even if it offends someone. The truth is supposed to sting a little bit. That's how it lets you know when you don't got it. That's how it lets you know when you haven't found out the truth yet. Maybe you were in the wrong. That's how the truth lets you know. So 
Being offended by the truth leads to political correctness. Taking on someone else's offense and or avoiding subjects or phrases or situations or what have you that are perceived as offensive to someone or you or a group of people. That's political correctness. I can't say that because it might hurt their feelings. Well, uh, I can't call them a dwarf. They're little people. I can't, you can't call that person a dwarf because that might hurt their feelings. Look, there is no disease that is little personitis. There's no disease called little people, uh, uh, syndrome or anything. There is, however, dwarfism. And in fact, there are many, many different types of dwarfism. So political correctness comes from the avoidance of being, um, of, of coming across offensive when speaking the truth. I'm not saying to go out and offend people just to offend them. I'm not saying to not care if you offend them at all, but if they are offended by the truth, that's when you say, look, they're the facts. The truth is the truth and I can't change it. So, um, taking on someone else's offense or tiptoeing around someone, instead of saying the truth as it is or stating the facts as they are, you're walking on eggshells and walking around someone's feelings. And we have to stand up by that, to that, by sharing the truth anyway. Sometimes even in spite of someone's feelings, because people can change their minds or their feelings, but the truth doesn't change. The truth does not change based on your feelings or your train of thought. The truth can change your feelings, how you see something. It can change your train of thought. It can, it can cause you to be enlightened, but the truth doesn't change. So now cancel culture, which he, he spoke out against as well. Cancel culture is one step further. In my opinion, Cancel culture is the ugly, red-headed, uh, freckle-faced stepchild of political correctness. Instead of saying, oh, I don't want to offend you, cancel culture not only takes on the offense of the truth, but kicks the truth out of bed altogether for whatever makes me feel good right now and punishes all who believe or share the truth by ostracizing them from their community altogether. Uh, the last week or two, I saw... Something, and this probably happened a while ago, but I just found out about it like a week ago. Adele was canceled, supposedly, for wearing her hair in a um, style that is typical of African women. Adele is a beautiful, um, strong, white woman. She's a singer. She's a, um, an, a known singer and a very good singer. She was uh, a victim of cancel culture because... She chose to wear her hair a certain way that day, and people took it um, as they were offended for African women because it happened to be a popular African style. So she she had, I believe, she had no intention of offending anyone. She had no intention of appropriating anyone's culture. She was just 
wearing her hair that way that day. Do we have to ask permission of mainstream media, of our friends, of whoever? Do we have to ask permission to do our hair a certain way now? I'm confused. I, I don't know. So, um, cancel culture can be remedied in the same way as political correctness, by speaking the truth anyway. Let them ostracize you. Speak the truth anyway. Because you're still going to get to people. There are still people who will agree with you. Don't take it to heart. The truth needs to be stood up for. Um, Trump spoke out against um, big tech companies by saying the time has come to break up big tech monopolies and restore fair competition. Republicans and conservatives need to open up our platforms and repeal Section 230 um, liability protection. And if the federal government refuses to act, every state in the union where we have the votes, big tech giants like Twitter, Google, Facebook um, should be punished with major sanctions whenever they silence conservative voices. Um, how many of you have logged into Facebook recently? I mean, recently meaning <laughs> this has been going on for the last year, but uh, how many of you have logged into Facebook recently and have seen a post that says, this post has been fact-checked, or this post has missing context, or missing information? So, this is what he's talking about. Um, that is, to me, disgusting. The the fact checkers, the um, missing context, missing information is disgusting. I will be the judge of that. If I want to look into it, if I feel that there are missing information, missing context, I will be the judge of that. I don't need an independent fact checker telling me what's true and what's not. So, um, uh, section 230 of the community, I actually kind of looked into it a little bit. I hadn't heard about it before then, but I looked into it a little bit. And from what I could find, section 230 of the Communications Decency Act was enacted in the 1990s to protect, um, tech platforms from being held liable for their users' content. It also allows tech platforms to engage in good-faith content moderation without taking on responsibility for their users' posts. So, um, I think what that means is that they started it by saying, uh, we don't want to be held accountable, you know, we don't want to have a kickback from what our users post. We don't want to be sued by somebody who gets upset or has a problem with something that someone posts. So let's say we can't, uh, uh, let's exempt, uh, exemplify ourselves from that. Um, so we're not held liable, but we also kind of want to, uh, dip our fingers in it just a little bit and give ourselves the ability to moderate, uh, to modify content as we see fit, but not really taking on users' posts. Now, this can be a good thing. There are things out there that probably do need to be run through a filter or two. I'm not saying that there's not, but um, it's gone too far. And that's, I think, what he was saying is it's gone too far. Um, I also found something that said, no provider 
or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or the speaker of any information provided by another informa- information content provider. So that's kind of like saying um, this means that just because they are the developer of the social media platform, they are not responsible for the content that I would post on their platform. Um, Mark Zuckerberg is not responsible for what I put on. And I think that's fair. He has no control over that. But he should not be allowed to control what I put on. Does that make sense? I could be way off there, but um, they want the ability to make a good faith judgment and monitor the content posted. So, but it's gone too far. It's It's sort of like saying... Sort of like the warning that they show at the beginning of a, of a movie that says uh, the views and opinions presented on this film do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions on the studio that produced it or funded it or whatever the case may be, which is right. You know, you can't control everybody. Um, but what's different here is that big tech platforms of today have taken on the content moderation part of Section 230 and used it as a base plain and simple, for censorship. I can't sue Facebook or even really appeal to Facebook if they remove something I post to my profile because of this. Never mind that what I posted might have been true, might have been correct, might have been valid information. They can remove it and say, it's not true and I can't do anything about it according to Section 230, because they gave themselves a shield. But if Section 230 is repealed, that would all change. Someone could potentially come forward, the union could come forward and say, hey, it's time to, to, to not let you have as much say over my opinion as you want. You can't silence the voice of the people anymore by deleting things, by putting you know, people in Facebook jail or whatever. At least that that's how I understand it to be. So there there are good aspects and bad aspects, but it's it's gone too far. Silencing the voice of the people is not okay, and that's what's happening now, simply because you happen to not agree with it. So The truth is the truth, whether you like it or not, and people have to share the truth. They're going to share what's true. Um, Trump went on to say, with your help, we will win the White House, take back the Senate, and then a Republican president will make a triumphant return to the White House. I wonder, he said, I wonder who that will be. (laughs) Standing before you today, I am supremely confident that for our movement, for our party, and for our country, our brightest days are just ahead. The crowd loved that one. <laughs> um, now I can't predict the future and say whether or not Trump is planning to return to the White House. But if he is planning uh, planning it, I hope he doesn't wait until 2024. Um, people think that the, the speech that he gave on Sunday was kind of laying the groundwork for that, and, and it may be. Um, but, you know, I think it's possible that things could change so much between now and then that it may be too late or it'll certainly be a lot harder um, to do that. Um, 
he may not even be able to. Who knows? I, I'm not going to hazard a guess or or attempt to predict the future, but I don't think we can afford to wait until 2024. Um, so they already tried to take that ability away from him, his ability to run at all, um, by trying to convict him of impeachment charges again. So I won't hazard a guess on his future plans, but I will echo what I said at the beginning of this episode and that he will not walk away as a loser when he knows that he won. So he's not planning to just drop it, but he may not be, you know, planning to, to take the course of action that we all think he is and that we all hope he would um and he's only human you know we can't expect more than uh humanity from him um but he won't allow himself to be cheated so uh how can we help what can we do what's the um what's something what's an action we can all take well first of all um we can write our senators, our representatives, and encourage them to do the right thing and stand behind Trump as a Republican. This goes back to um, the rhino and dino uh, conversation we had. If they're not going to, then we need to vote them out. If they're not going to stand up for us and for our party, then we need to vote them out. They don't have to roll over and play dead and go along with absolutely everything, but they at least need to listen to us and at least need to help us make our voices heard. Um, and we need to remind them that they work for us when they forget that they work for us. We need to remind them of that. So write them, write your um, representatives, your Congress people, your senators, write them often and tell them that. And yes, I have written my representatives, my governor, even though he's, you know, not a Republican. I have taken action that way as well, so I encourage you to do the same. Um, if Trump intends to lead the Republican Party, we need to let him roar, but we need to stand behind him and growl. We need to say, yep, this is what we want. He's not alone in this. He, you know, um, we're, we're behind him. We need to let Trump roar and Trump, um, uh, help us fight our battles, because he will, but we need to stand behind him and growl and say, yeah, we're, we second that, you know. Um, Trump mentioned a website. You can go to donaldtrump.com and read, uh, what the save, I actually did look into it. Um, it's good stuff on what, uh, the Save America movement is all about. You can check out, uh, the news section and read about the endorsements, the meeting readouts, and the statements that have been released by Trump. So I encourage you to go to donaldjtrump.com, all lowercase, and kind of check that out. There's also a place on there for contribution. So if you feel, uh, led that way, then go ahead and, and, uh, do that, but, uh, I'll wrap it up here, and I'm gonna thank you guys for listening, if you would like to appear, uh, as a guest on the show, or if you'd like to contact me with a story, uh, comments, questions, opinion, anything like that that you'd like to share, email me at, uh, outspokenpodcast at yahoo.com, it's all lowercase, uh, no caps, uh, I'll take you on as, uh, a guest for a topic of any discussion it does not have to be political i'll talk 
uh, with you about anything if you'd like to appear on this show. Uh, and please remember that while we may not agree on what's being said, we must defend to the death each other's right to say it. Don't afraid to be outspoken, and thank you again for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it.